You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. It's 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Short week for the Vikings. Same week for us, though. So we'll come <laughs> at you Tuesday, Thursday, and I guess after the game on Saturday. So it'll be a Saturday post-game pod rather than a Sunday post-game pod. Um, but the Vikings hosting the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday at U.S. Bank Stadium, looking to get back on track after a loss to the Lions. Tom, we talked a lot about it on Sunday after the game. Just the defense left a lot to be desired. Um, there were some questionable play calls, obviously, spliced in there. But when, when you look at what the defense was or I guess wasn't able to do uh, against the Detroit Lions. It makes sense that the rhetoric yesterday was, well, things have to change. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting listening to Kevin O'Connell yesterday. It wasn't the traditional coach speak of, you know, we're going to be fine. We're going to figure this out together. It was, no, we need a change. He didn't go as far as saying Ed Donatel would be losing his play calling privileges, but it's clear. I think the defense is going to look different over the final month of the regular season. Yeah. I was trying to think how this compares to like the Joe Barry situation in green Bay, because green Bay went in the season saying the run is going to be the strength and the mm-hmm. defense is going to be the strength. And as we learned pretty quickly, I mean, I guess the Vikings didn't put up too many points on them, but they just didn't cover Jefferson, which seems like a flaw in the defensive philosophy. Um, that was not a strength and there's a lot of criticism with Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur stuck with him. And I think some of that's loyalty to your guy that you hired. I think some of it's just, it's a dramatic change within the season, right? The, the speaking on the Vikings specifically, Mm -hmm. they completely overhauled a defense that was at one time working really well, obviously 2020 and then 2021, it wasn't that great, but like, um, you know, you think of the 17 defense and kind of Zimmer at his best with his best players when they're healthy. Like that was, an unstoppable force. You know what I mean? Like you had to count for it in every game. Um, I think the, what the Vikings have to avoid here, because it, because right now everyone wants Donatel's head, right? It's, it's get rid of this guy. The graphic is seared into people's brains that it's five straight games with 400 yards. And that includes playing Mac Jones and Mike white. And you know what I mean? Um, And so uh, a complete class against Dallas. Although I don't know if that's entirely the defense's fault, but like, you know, I think, you don't want the Zimmer effect where 
Zimmer had the defense on lockdown and couldn't figure out who his offensive coordinator was. Right. Um, and this was when we were sold on like Noah Turner's the, this ex coach who basically Zimmer was kind of seeding everything to him. And then he went to like Hugh Jackson of all places people i think right. and was like yeah is, is this guy legit <laughs> and you're like why are you asking him that <laughs> but, but, but um you know they just cycled through until you got into like clint kubiak right so like i think this is an off-season problem that isn't going to be solved right now however they're going to have to find immediate fixes and i think <clears> it's <throat> interesting that they have within the season right it's like if you know you lose to Philadelphia and all of a sudden it seems like the season's spiraling and they got things on track to the extent, I guess, winning marginally for whatever six games is on track. Um, you know, the uh, um, Dallas takes away Jefferson kind of indirectly, I guess, by sacking Cousins. Four days later, he goes off against Belichick, right? I mean, like, even looking at the two Detroit games, Detroit holds. Jefferson to 14 yards and then he sets a franchise record in the second matchup. Mm -hmm. So offensively they found the fixes. I think it's worth saying that two things are hurting down to tell that he doesn't have a lot of control over injuries, right? Like Harrison Smith's on the sidelines in this game. They're going deep into the cornerback depth. Um, uh, and then the draft didn't help him, right? It was supposed right. to, like, you think Booth was supposed to offer. So I don't, I don't think Shannon Sullivan was supposed to be the guy all season. I think he was like the veteran that kind of sets the floor, and Booth is supposed to leap over him. Um, and it's funny how there's so much criticism for seeing, like, he literally su suffered a sphere injury. Like, I, I don't really know, you know what I mean? And was injured yeah. in camp. So, but you know, he's not getting help from the draft. He's they're digging into depth. And I just think Harrison Smith kind of held things together. I think we realized how important he was. Everyone knows he's good, but I think he was kind of linchpin in the defense. And so um, in my mind, I think the risk is if you kind of give up on Donatel now, what's to say, like, you don't just start cycling through defensive coordinators. And you just have the opposite problem that Mike Zimmer did. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, and it's not as easy as being like, you know, in a, in a fan's brain, right. It's, the defense is the worst in the league as far as yardage goes, giving mm -hmm. up, I think, 403 yards per game. Um, it would be the worst in franchise history. But I think in a fan's brain, it's we're the 32nd-ranked defense in the league as far as total yards go. If we fire Ed Donatel, it will get better. And that's just not a guarantee Like because mm -hmm. you're right, Tom. Like The personnel dictates a lot of the things these guys do, um, you know, you mentioned Andrew Booth's injury and how Shannon Sullivan's probably played a role that, that might be a little bit above him. You know, Duke Shelley was getting a lot of rotating snaps in, in, in the, in the past month because of injuries to both Cam Danzler and Caleb Evans, Patrick Peterson's been good, but like when you see Harrison Smith go down and Josh Metellus having to play above himself and, and, and getting beat in those areas. So like there's things that you can look at with kind of a, you know, objective eye and say like, okay, it makes sense that they would struggle. They're, they're without this guy or they're without that guy. Or they're trying to replace this guy. But I think what frustrates people the most is that like, regardless of who's been in the lineup this year, they have hemorrhaged a lot of yards and it, it has been a, you know, I, I know Vic Fangio's scheme. I know it's, you know, let's make quarterbacks be patient. Let's keep everything underneath. Let's go high to low mm -hmm. and, and make sure we don't get beat over the top. I don't know if the, the personnel on the team 
dictates that successful style of defense. Um, and that's not a quick fix. That's not something you can, you can fix in a month. So I am curious, like, I, I do believe they're going to make adjustments. I believe they're going to try and, and, and do something different. They have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also think if Indianapolis comes out Saturday and gashes the Vikings and the Vikings somehow lose to the Colts and Jeff Saturday's team, I think you might see a change at defensive coordinator because I think at some point you just have to say like 10 and three seasons. Yeah. 10 and three seasons, 10 and four seasons don't come around very often. We can't just keep with the status quo. Yeah. Um, And then I called that Donatello out in, in my column this week in the pioneer press, but I, in that same breath will say like, he's kind of playing with his hands tied with, with the, with the personnel around him to a degree. So some of this is inevitable, right? They made the change and they must've been confident enough that you take Anthony Barr away. Like Daniil Hunter will be productive in this, you know, it, yeah. you know, some of these holdovers or whatever, um, Patrick Peterson, but like inevitably this is the weird thing about having success early is that like, again, we wouldn't even be talking about this if they weren't that good. Like you'd be like, yeah, they have to just go draft a whole bunch of guys and, and right. bring some people in and whatever. And now, I mean, that's accelerated. I'm very much of the mindset that you got to be really careful tanking, especially in the NFL. You know, if you tank in basketball, no one shows up, you know, those Sixers games or whatever, no one it, football, they show up and they're like hard on the players because those tickets cost a lot of money. And like, also for a player that sucks, like you have a short career. Why would you want to get beat up in a season where the team's intentionally trying to lose? Right, um, right. And we just know it doesn't work super well. Right. You look at like Carolina had two top quarterbacks on the roster and they can't figure out which one's any yeah. good. The team um, building is just different. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I think, um, I think they were right, obviously to go for it here. I think it's an ambitious change what they're doing. The other thing we have to consider here is like, and this is reading the tea leaves and just kind of, parsing through kind of what both O'Connell and Donatello have said, but O'Connell actually from almost like the jump, like his press conference stuff seemed to emphasize that he liked having kind of a veteran coordinator mm-hmm. on the staff. You know, you, you look at like, we talked about Matt Daniels is 33. Like Matt Daniels looked like he could still play. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like part of me goes, I think he wants to go hit someone. Sometimes he has kind of the energy, but like, you know, he's 33. Um, which would be the tail end of, you know, some players' careers. You mm-hmm. have Wes Phillips, I think, is 43. You know, he's not that much older than um, – I know, like, he seems older because, like, his dad and his grandpa were in the league and stuff, like, coaches in the league. But mm-hmm. um, he's not that much older. And, like, he seemed to like having this presence of a guy who's around Zimmer's age running a defense. And Donatel seemed like, from a personality standpoint, kind of that mix between Zimmer and then like the personality of this new staff, right? He's really upbeat and, and praises the players and likes coaching young guys. Although he has admitted he really likes veteran players, just like Zimmer did. But, right. um, but you know, like he's always kind of he, different demeanor, obviously, than Zimmer, but similar in the sense that they kind of were at the same stage of their career. If you kind of track them, right? Like what position they had, you know, right. what team he's on his third day now or whatever, um, and. I don't think it's probably in O'Connell's best interest that in his first year to kind of like hang a guy out to dry unless he thinks there's like a consensus around the league that like anyone would have done this, right? right. Because he has to go hire someone else for his staff down mm-hmm. the road. And he may want someone like that. I also thought when when looking at the hire, I understood like Donatel was known, I think, for giving up like a, a fourth and 26. Or I can't remember the exact sequence, but like there was a play that like any defense should stop. And they it didn't. was the, it was freddie mitchell and the eagles back in like yes the early 2000s um yeah fourth and 26 and freddie mitchell over the middle 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad, they glad played in the sticks, basically. It was like what we saw in Detroit all Sunday. It was like, yeah, Detroit needs eight yards. The Vikings are dropping into coverage at 11. So it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. letting keeping things in front of you, but not doing it to, to, to the right degree. But I think, you know, and here's the other thing is some people execute their own scheme really well and no one else can kind of figure out. That's like Belichick and his whole coaching tree, right? Right. <laughs> right? So, I, you know, it may be that like the Fangio thing is the right thing to install and Donatel's not. But regardless, like they do have to clamp down. You, it's it's going to be miserable if like just for everyone involved, if Matt Ryan, who, who looks like he's kind of on his last legs, starts tearing this team apart. But again, it goes back to like, I guess Josh Metellus like just looked like a guy who who – was thrown into action and i think you can cover and, and donatello's basically said this you can cover for the corners the depth corners or a young corner with the safeties yeah. i don't know how you cover for a safety you know what i mean like mm-hmm. or you know who's doing it is like cam bynum right who's who's this convert converted corner who's still kind of learning the position so um i'm not trying to overly excuse it and until this streak of 400 yard games started happening. I was like, I actually think it's fine for the Vikings to have a bend don't break defense because the offense is supposed to win new games, right? It's supposed to be more explosive. It's supposed to score 30 points a game. Now it's getting to the point where like it wasn't, I think it's worth saying like they only scored 23 points. Right. And there's some, I, you know, I think some people focused on the defense side on that game. I actually focused on O'Connell's play calling when I wrote on the, on the game, but Mm -hmm. regardless, like you could tell that's a game that like, they couldn't win in a shootout. You know what I mean? Like that, that offense is explosive. It's in their place. I mean, at least it's pretty risky to go about that. So I'm not saying that there isn't something needs to be done, but the, the issue is like, I think this is more a big philosophical thing at the end of the season of, do we keep Donatello and assume that when he has better players, it'll be better. Do we, you know, bring someone else in who runs the same thing or do we overhaul it again, which is then another overhaul in three years. Yeah, and, and you're right in the in the sense that it is a it's a much bigger picture problem than people want to you know like the instant gratification of fixing problems. Yeah. Like this is not going to get fixed in the next month. And and Kevin mm-hmm. O'Connell did say that too. He said at some point, you know, we have to look ourselves in the mirror, but we also realize it, it, you can't completely overhaul the defense with the month to play. It, it, you can't just after teaching these guys the three four for the last year. Be like, all right, we're doing something different. You can't, yeah. after yeah. teaching these principles for the last six, you know, six months, be like, all right, you know, we're not going to play high to low anymore. We're just blitzing. I think yeah, that yeah. that's the easy, you know, the layman term fix of of how do you how, how does this defense get better is like just just blitz more. Like, I, and and I get it. They need to send more pressure, um, but I don't think it's as easy as being like, let's just blitz everyone. Um, because then your guys have to cover on the outside as well. Worth pointing out, like even Zimmer at his best with his best players mm-hmm. created pressure with four guys and right. confusion, right? And like this was always going to be a, a learning curve or like kind of a, a difficult, difficult jump going from Zimmer, who's who's like for all his faults was a defensive genius, right? Like 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 ran. I think kind of creative cre- created defensive blitzes right mm-hmm. and you're going to someone else who just like inevitably almost anyone's gonna be a step down um from that i think it's more frustrating against jared goff now i know jared goff said he was playing his best football he does look different i'm still convinced like he's a guy who like needs to be carried by the players around him rather than like yes we know like look at joe burrow or something joe burrow has weapons but like i think he's kind of driving winning for the Bengals, and i think 
having said that, like the the word on Goff was always blitz the hell out of him. He just gets confused, you know? And I think that's where it becomes more frustrating is that like some of these long developing plays where Metellus gets burned, like you can mitigate some of that, not all of it, but some of it by just getting to the quarterback and not letting him throw that deep. So um, I understand the frustration with that. I also just don't understand with given like you have Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, like you have guys who should be able to create pressure. Yeah. Why not occasionally supplement them by taking someone, you know, obviously someone out of the backfield and, and sending them into um, on a blitz. Right. But like, again, I don't know enough about it to find an exact solution. I know it's messed up and I think they're going to kind of bandage it for now. And, overhaul it probably in some capacity um in the off season yeah and that, that's why the, the next month will be interesting because it is going to be quick fix put a band-aid on this thing try and stop the leak as, as best we can so you know the boat the ship doesn't sink come playoff time but it is going to be much of the same um, i think that's something that fans have to get through their head is like this defense is going to look the same the rest of the regular season the rest of the playoffs mm-hmm. it's too late to fix everything it's too late to change everything so while i think you might be right tom i think maybe we will see a little pressure a little more creativity whether it's sending eric hendricks on a delayed blitz or sending one of the corners off off the edge Uh, this isn't just going to turn into a a blitz happy defense Um, this the defense is what it is and and it's going to be that way you know until like you said it's like a come to jesus in the off season do we want to be a three four defense and do we want and Donatel to lead it, and do we want to just put better players around him, or do we want to change the game up again? Um, kind of go back to what has worked in the past. Um, all of that, those questions will be answered uh, more in the off season than right now. I think it's worth pointing out here because we're talking about the Colts coming up, and I'm, I'm trying to pull up their schedule. But like the Colts are a weird team. I mean, it's very weird that like. <laughs> Jim Irsay was just like, hey, this guy on TV who I've had a couple beers with, let's, let's have him coach because he was a good player for us. But he I'm trying to think, like, if you actually watch that Cowboys game, they hung mm-hmm. with them for a while. Yeah. And then the, and then like the Cowboys just blew their doors off. The Eagles 1716. I remember watching that in the press box and being like, hmm, that doesn't seem good for the Eagles. Right. And like it seemed like the Colts kind of tried to use the commander's formula, right. Contain the D or, you know, contain their offense and, and sneak away with the win. And I, and I don't know what to make of the Steelers game, but like, I, I think the issue here is that if they play down to the Colts, this is such a risky game. I mean, especially because, yeah. you know, but it really like in the short, short term, this is thinking really, really small, like, you know, kind of like the players think, right? We're on to the next game. I don't, it's a vacuum. You're zero and zero every week or whatever, but like the Colts should not tear them apart. I think the Colts strategy is like, Hey, let's try to keep this team under 20 and sneak out of here with a win. Mm -hmm. And I think the onus is going to be more on the offense, which is a good sign for the Vikings coming off the performance Jefferson had um, and kind of things we've seen aside from the drop from Hawkinson and, and, and Thielen and stuff. So like um, in, in like a micro sense, this should not affect them too much on Saturday. Having yeah. said that, like the only thing that can go wrong, but it can go wrong is that you go into the playoffs limping in. Right. And like, mm-hmm. it's not going to feel good if the defense keeps getting gashed and you're like, Oh, okay. So like the, the Cowboys or the Eagles are need the, you know, the Niners, any of the best right. teams, they're just going to blow your doors off. So, you know, I, you know, it's a, it's something you got to solve, but looking at Saturday specifically, I think it's on the offense if they lose that game, given how kind of the, the Colts have 
made things interesting here under Jeff Saturday. For sure. Yeah. And that's a good segue. When we come back, we'll talk more about the offense, things that concern us. We, you know, we've piled on the defense, um, but the offense isn't without blame for, for the loss on Sunday, um, both play calling and execution um, left a little bit to be desired. Um, so more that more on that when we come back.